Happy Sunday, fun day, Pacific Coast Church. Pastor Ashley here. Remember, we're so, so glad that you decided to join us. Wherever you're joining from, whether you're live right now with us or you're watching later, thank you, thank you for connecting with us. We have so many exciting things going on in the life of our church. I just want to remind you a few of them. Pastor Ken's How to Study the Bible is going strong. We're about to launch a new session. And if you're interested in that, make sure you email us at info at pacificcoast.church. He also has a study in Acts coming up. And so that's going to be amazing chapter by chapter study all via Zoom. Also, ladies, our Women's Bible Study Book Club has kicked off and it is going strong. This week, we are reading and reviewing, discussing together chapter two. So if you haven't joined in with us, it's really not too late. You can text PCCWBS, meaning Pacific Coast Church Women's Bible Study. Just text those letters all together to 84576. We will get you signed up. We will even send you private links to watch the intro Zoom and last week's chapter one Zoom. It has been such a powerful time of reading this book by Beth Allison Barr, The Making of Biblical Womanhood, and talking about the biblical foundations of our roles as women and everything that God's called us to. I wanna invite you, come join in. It has been amazing, such an incredible time. Also, we want to remind you that small groups are also going strong. We have 20-something small groups to choose from. Make sure you check those out on the website, pacificcoast.church. You can join in at any time. And Growth Track, oh my goodness. Week one of Growth Track was last week, but it's not too late to sign up to join in. We will get you connected. This is our first steps, really, at Pacific Coast Church. To, yeah, finding out a little bit about, about, about our church, but more finding out about yourself, the giftings that God's already put inside of you, your leadership style, and how you can really maximize that for the kingdom of God. So we want to encourage you, if you're interested in Growth Track, you can also check that out on our website and sign up there. As always, friends, we are so grateful for your giving. We're so grateful for your obedience to what the Holy Spirit is speaking to you. Everything that he's nudging you, whether it's the giving of your time with the amazing dream team, which by the way, you can sign up for. Check out that application on our website as well. We need you. We need your skills. We need your expertise. We need your, your heart. We need your giftings. All of those things we would love to utilize for the kingdom of God and to help you grow as well as your monetary gifts, your donations. Friends, that's so important too, especially in this time. And so we just want to encourage you, you can text the word donation to 84576. That link will get sent right to your phone. You can go online to pacificcoast.church and you can give there. You can even set up reoccurring giving. You also can set up bill pay with your bank. Wherever you bank, they have that option and it's usually free and have the checks mailed directly or you can mail them yourself to Pacific Coast Church, P.O. Box 66026, Tacoma, Washington, 98467. And also, friends, right now, I just want to take a second and pray for you and with you. We are a church that believes in prayer. In fact, we just relaunched our Wednesday noon prayer. What we were doing every single day during 21 days of prayer and fasting, 
we are now doing every single Wednesday via Facebook Live. And so make sure you set an alarm, go to Facebook and make sure you follow Pacific Coast Church and notify, like click those notifications so we can notify you when we come on on Wednesdays at noon. Please submit your prayer requests. You can do that by emailing us at info at pacificcoast.church or you can just text the word Pacific to 84576. We want to know your prayer requests. We send them out every single week to the entire team and then we also pray over them in a confidential way on Facebook Live every Wednesday at noon join one of the team members. It's, it's such a cool time and it's only like 15, 20 minutes long, so fast you can even connect with it later if you're not able to join live. But right now, if you have a need, you can list it in the comments section right now or you can email us, but the Lord knows exactly what you have need of. I love that, and we've taught this before, but that God, one of the actual names that He gave Himself that he referred to himself as is I am. And there's so many, so many perspectives that you can teach on concerning that. But right now I want you to know, whatever need you have, we serve a God who says I am enough for whatever that need is. If you need healing, if you need provision, if you need restoration, if you need peace, if you need comfort, whatever it is, our God has provided, continually provides for all those things. So maybe you just want to reach your hand toward the screen. I know that sounds silly, but it's this intentional uh, idea of connecting, even via technology. There's such power in that. And let's pray together for all the needs that we all have. I have some too. Amen. Father, we just thank you. We thank you for technology. God, I thank you for every person watching. I thank you for the circles that they represent, the circles of influence. God, you know their hearts. You know exactly what they have need of. You know exactly what's going on in their minds right now, in their spirits. Lord, I ask by the power of your Holy Spirit that you would reach through time and space, God, and that you would minister to my friends, my family watching right now. God, those that need healing, Lord, we ask that your Holy Spirit, by the power of what you took care of on the cross, Jesus, would minister healing to their bodies, to their minds, to their spirits, to relationships. Lord, those that are needing purpose and direction, God, we ask that you would give that, that you would impart that through your word, through your love, Lord. That's where we get our purpose. It's just because you love us so much, Lord. We are so grateful for that. God, we just ask for peace and comfort, Holy Spirit. There are those that are grieving. There are those that are wrestling with things right now. Lord, I ask that your spirit would just envelop them in a brand new way. Lord, that would be so powerful. It would be undeniable, God, and that they would feel your presence with them wherever they're watching right now, wherever they're listening. Lord, we trust you for it because you are a God that cares and you tell us to cast our cares on you. Why? Not just because you're all powerful, but because you care for us. Lord, we thank you that you're that kind of God, all powerful, all knowing, existing outside of time so that you can see the total big picture. Lord, we praise you for it and we thank you in Jesus' name. 
Amen, amen, amen. Friends, I'm excited about this word that Pastor JF has for you today on gratitude and how it changes everything. Check this out. Well, what's up, Pacific Coast Church? My name is Pastor J.F. Wilkerson, and I'm just so honored that you're joining us here today at Church Online. I hope you're doing well, and I just want you to know how much we love you and appreciate you. Hey, well, it's the month of November, and hey, up here in the great Pacific Northwest, the wet fall weather has arrived. It's cold out there. It's windy, but we love it. And we're gearing up for Thanksgiving. And for me personally, at the Wilkerson home, we are so excited because we have our family coming in from Miami, Florida and New York City. And so my kids are just out of their minds pumped up and they're just so stoked to get to see their cousins. So this is a fun month. And so with it being November and with the country getting ready to celebrate Thanksgiving and turkey and football and all the stuff, we just thought it would be a, a, a good idea, a good thing to talk about that word gratitude, really as a church. And, and the question is why? Well, because we believe gratitude truly changes everything in our lives. And so last week we talked about how gratitude changes what we see. I mean, it, it always shifts our perspective and If you remember that first thought that I had was like, what do I really believe I deserve? It was a question because if we're willing to truly accept the reality of what what the Bible says we really deserve, that being death and destruction and, and then beginning to really acknowledge just how much Jesus Christ saved us from, thankfulness will, will, will truly just set in and change everything in our lives. That second question that I posed was, was, you know, like, like I, 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 if I had everything to do what is it that the fruit of our lives really show? What does it produce? Like, does my life show that I put others first? Like, am I known for that? It's, it's so important. And then finally, my last thought was, am I, am I really willing to submit to the Spirit of God? That's the ultimate question we all have to ask ourselves. So this week, if you're taking notes, I want to talk about how gratitude changes our lives. You know, when I was a kid, I can remember that, that the Rocky movies. Remember those? I mean, it was a big deal. Remember that? Sylvester Stallone had, you know, like he was the Italian stallion from South Philly. In fact, I can I can remember being with my dad in Philadelphia when I was probably 12 years old and going and seeing that, you know, the, the statue, the Rocky statue. It was like it was like a defining moment in my life. And so I remember right around that age, like I wanted to try boxing because that's that's what that's what Rocky was. And so I remember one night I was watching Rocky Four. You, you know you know that one where. He goes to Moscow, Russia to fight Drago. I must break you. Remember the, the, like the giant Russian blonde guy? And my big cousin was sitting, sitting next to me, and I casually made the statement to him that I was going to be a boxer. And he was almost shocked by that. And so, and so he said to me, well, I mean, I box a little bit. I, I, like I, I know what it takes. So 
if you want, I can train you. And I was like, seriously, you do that? I'm like, yeah, let's do it. And I'll never forget, he looked at me and said, okay, training starts in the morning. I'll be at your house at 5 a.m. to pick you up. And I said, what in the world will we be doing at 5 a.m.? He said, running in the streets like your hero, Rocky. And I said, can we take a rain check on that? <laughs> you see, like the idea of, of being a boxer was pretty awesome to me. But when I realized what it would take, I eventually realized boxing wasn't for JF. It just, it wasn't for me. You know, we, we do this, we do this with this idea of gratitude. Everyone wants to be a more grateful person. No, no one says, I want to be ungrateful. And yet when we realize what it takes to be a grateful person, we're often unwilling to follow through. And I'm preaching at the choir here, so I get it. So today I want to look at a story in scripture that shows us so clearly how gratitude can drastically change our lives, but it also shows us three pitfalls that keep us from acting out this gratitude thing on a regular basis. All right, go to the Old Testament, 1 Samuel chapter 25, starting in verse 1. It says this, Now Samuel died, and all Israel assembled and mourned for him, and they buried him at his home in Ramah. Then David moved down into the desert of Paran. A certain man in Maon, who had property there at Carmel, was very wealthy. He had a thousand goats and three thousand sheep, which he was shearing in Carmel. His name was Nabal, and his wife's name was Abigail. She was an intelligent and beautiful woman, but her husband was surly and mean in his dealings. He was a Calebite. So the story starts with a distinction that couldn't be clear. And it's so important to understand that Nabal isn't only known for being aggressive and mean-spirited, but his name literally means fool in Hebrew. Can you believe that? But then in stark contrast, his wife Abigail was smart and pleasant. And get this, her name in the original language means the joy of her father, or my father's joy. Like, do you see what scripture is setting up here? It's showing us that it's showing us this stark contrast. It, it allows us to be confronted with the first reality of gratitude that we all need to understand. And that is, write this down: gratitude is not a feeling, gratitude is a choice. Now, this is a huge one, friends. So often we don't act out of gratitude because we're waiting to feel thankful. Oh, I feel like it. And, and, and let me just say that, let me say that again for the folks in the back. So often we don't act out of gratitude because we're waiting to feel thankful. But here's the thing, we're being deceived. Gratitude is not to be felt, it's to be decided. Tweet that right now. Let, let, let me put it to you this way. I may or may not wake up tomorrow and feel like being married to Ashley. But guess what? I am. So I make a choice understanding that I'm married. And gratitude is the exact same way, friends. If you've decided to be grateful, you don't wait until you feel like it. You make the, the decision and then you make all of your choices based on the fact that you have decided that you are a grateful person. Today, I've got to wear a mask to work. 
I mean, I can be angry about that. I can be frustrated about that. Or I can say, thank God I'm employed. Thank God I have an income, right? I love, I love how clear scripture, scripture makes this. The story starts with Nabal, whose choices and decisions are so foolish that his very name means fool. And then you have his wife, Abigail, whose life choices communicates the joy of the father. Now, what if we lived our lives in a way that pointed people to the Lord so much that people actually called us the joy of the Lord? They actually made, like, they actually made that our names. Like, people knew us for that. So let me ask the elephant, the, the elephant in the room question, all right? If your actions and your character produced what people called you, what would your name be? Think about that. Meditate on that. So here we have a very wealthy, a very mean man named Fool and his brilliant and pleasant wife named the Joy of the Lord. And David and his men, King David, have been camped around their property, actively protecting them even though they weren't aware of it. Let's go back to the text, 1 Samuel chapter 25, starting in verse 4. This is huge. Look at this. This is what it says. While David was in the wilderness, he heard that Nabal was shearing sheep, shaving them down. You know what I'm talking about? So he sent 10 young men and said to them, go up to Nabal at Carmel and greet him in my name. Say to him, long life to you, good health to you and your household, and good health to all that is yours. Now, I hear that it is sheep shearing time. When your shepherds were with us, we did not mistreat them. And the whole time they were at Carmel, nothing of theirs was missing. Meaning like, we protected your people and your land and your, and your possessions. Verse 8, ask your own servants and they will tell you. Therefore, be favorable toward my men since we come at a festive time. Please give your servants and your son David whatever you can find for them. When David's men arrived, they gave Nabal this message in David's name. Then they waited. Listen, they were, they were literally, they were waiting to see if Nabal would make a choice to be generous or a choice to be selfish. Look at verse 10. Nabal answered David's servants. Look at this. Who is this David? Who is this son of Jesse? Many servants are breaking away from their masters these days. Why should I take my bread and my water and the meat I have slaughtered for my shears and give it to men coming from who knows where? Nabal the fool. (laughs) He answers a request of people in need, not with a response to God, but instead with whether or not he thinks they deserve his generosity. And that brings us to the next area that we must understand to help us be genuinely grateful and lead lives that continually display gratitude. And that is, write this down. Gratitude is not a feeling. Gratitude is a choice. Now write this down. Here's a second one. Gratitude to God results in generosity to others. That's my second thought. Listen, when we're grateful to God for everything he's done for us, This always results in us being generous to others, whether we feel like they deserve it or not. Why? Because we know we never deserved what God's given us. 
And this is exactly what I was talking about in week one of this series. Oftentimes, the enemy will convince us that others don't deserve our generosity. But when we listen to that lie, we're really showing more about ourselves and the state of our own hearts than we even realize. In fact, Paul says it like this as he writes to the church in Corinth, 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 11. He's talking about sowing and reaping and how God loves a cheerful giver and that, and that we're all to give to the poor, okay? Verse 11 says this, you will be enriched in every way. Now listen, if you have blessings in your life, it's never just for you. And here's, he tells us why, watch this. So that you can be generous on every occasion. This is why God gives to us, right? And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God, meaning our gratitude helps create gratitude in others and it perpetuates. Verse 12, this service that you perform is not only supplying the needs of the Lord's people, but is also overflowing in many expressions of thanks to God. Now that's huge. The biggest thing that the enemy can do to stop that perpetual blessing of gratitude is to make us think that we get to decide if others are deserving. So here's the thing. We have to change the way we think about this. Generosity to others is not gratitude to them. It's gratitude to God. And he's always deserving. Now that'll set you free if, that, if you will really consider that. Don't let the enemy deceive you, all right? I've told this story many times, and I'll tell it a hundred more times because it changed everything for me. I remember years ago, we planted a church campus on the campus of the University of Washington in downtown Tacoma. It was the first time I'd ever done anything like that, and so I was new at all this, right? And we were meeting in their large lecture hall, and much like the way we that were doing physical gatherings at Mount Tahoma High School, everything was load in and load out. All kinds of equipment, sound, audio, and like just a ton of like heavy lifting. And, and thank God at Mount Tahoma, it's much more manageable on many levels. But in downtown Tacoma, all I can say is it was a bear. <laughs> and, and so it'd be the middle of January at 6 a.m. on a Sunday morning in the wind and ice and sleet and rain. And these incredible folks would show up to literally do manual labor, like volunteer. And so I felt like part of my role was to be cheerleader, like, like you know, like pep talks and high energy and a lot of thank yous and a lot of Starbucks, Starbucks runs. You know what I'm saying? And, and like, don't get me wrong. We had a lot of fun doing it, but it was a lot of work too. And I'll never forget, we had finished all the services on that Sunday. It was the afternoon. And we're tearing down, we're tearing everything down and loading it all into a box truck and a trailer that we had. And I look over and I see my friend Jerry, who was middle-aged. He'd been there since the crack of dawn. <laughs> I knew he'd be up again at the crack of dawn the next day to head off to work. And I watched this gentleman. I watched him as he was taking down this massive sound equipment. And he pretty much like, like hoisted it up. He had threw it up on his back and he carried it down the aisle, and it just blew me away. I, I, I mean, it truly humbled me to see such service and love coming out of this man. And so as he walked back, he walked back in to get a, yet another huge load to throw on his back, I looked at him and I said, 
You know, Jerry, I, I don't know how to truly express my gratitude to you for doing all this volunteer work. I just want to say thanks again for doing this for me. Thanks for doing this for me, Jerry. And in that moment, he kind of like dropped his head and almost like laughed a little bit. And then he looked up and I'll never forget what he said to me. He said, you know, JF, you already know this, but I love you. But here's what you need to know. I'm not doing any of this for you. I'm doing this solely for Jesus. JF, you don't know my whole story. But if you had any idea of what Jesus saved me from, how Jesus rescued me in my darkest place, you'd totally know why I'm here serving. It's the least I can do for all that Jesus has done for me. Now, what I want you to know is, that little interaction literally changed everything for me. Jesus broke it down in the most practical way possible. I'll never forget Matthew chapter 25, starting in verse 34. This is, Jesus is talking about when he comes back, and he's talking about the judgment. Verse 34 says this, Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my Father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. Now watch this, verse 35. For I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you invited me in. I needed clothes and you clothed me. I was sick and you looked after me. I was in prison and you came to visit me. Verse 37. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or, or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go to visit you? Verse 40, the king will reply, truly I tell you, whatever you do for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. And, and then he goes on to explain that when we do not meet the needs of others, we also did that to him as well. Listen, our gratitude towards an always deserving God can always be displayed in generosity to others. Why? Because he said we're, we're all deserving, not based on what we've done, but on who he is. And he already deemed us worthy of his life. So that first thought, gratitude is not a feeling. Gratitude is a choice. Second one we just mentioned, gratitude to God results in generosity to others, not the other way around. And here's the third and final thought that I have for you, and that is gratitude is more about our obedience than our understanding. It's huge. Let's go back to the original story. David's men, they return and tell him that Nabal refused to help them, and David is ticked off. So he rallies about 400 of his men, and he's about to charge Nabal's uh, place and take them all out. And Abigail catches wind of it. She finds out that it's about to go down. And so check this out, verse 14 of Samuel 25. One of the servants told Abigail, Nabal's wife, David sent messengers from the wilderness to give our master his greetings, but he hurled insults at them. Yet these men were very good to us. They did not mistreat us. And the whole time we were out in the fields near them, nothing was missing. 
night and day, they were a wall around us the whole time we were herding our sheep near them. Now think it over and see what you can do because disaster is hanging over our master and his whole household. He is such a wicked man and no one can talk to him. Verse 18, watch this. Abigail acted quickly. She took 200 loaves of bread, two skins of wine, five dressed sheep, and five seas of roasted grain, a hundred cakes of raisins, and 200 cakes of pressed figs, loaded them on donkeys, and then she told her servants, go on ahead, I'll follow you. But she did not tell her husband Nabal. David has already plotted that he would leave no man alive in Nabal's territory. That because of his selfishness, every one of Nabal's men would die. That, that was the plan. But the power of gratitude can change all that too. And look what happens. Let's go back to the text. When Abigail saw David, she quickly got off her donkey and bowed down before David with her face to the ground. She fell at his feet and said, Pardon your servant, my Lord, and let me speak to you. Hear what your servant has to say. Please, 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 please pay no attention, my Lord, to that wicked man, my husband Nabal. He is just like his name. His name actually means fool, and folly goes with him. Now, now notice, I, I didn't, I, I didn't pre present this as a teaching on, on the way to, to talk about your spouse to others, okay? That's not what this is about. And then he goes, as for me, your servant, I did not see the men, my Lord. And now, my Lord, as surely as the Lord your God lives and as you live, since the Lord has kept you from bloodshed and from avenging yourself with your own hands, may your enemies and all who are intent on harming my Lord be like Nabal. And let this gift which your servant has brought to my Lord be given to the men who follow you. Wow. She continues to praise David and thank him for all he, he's done. And he's, she goes on to speak blessings over him. And here, here's what I want you to realize. She does this without knowing what might happen next. I mean, David could just be like, nah, it's not going to work and kill them all. But Abigail, despite not knowing the whole picture, despite her own fears concerning how David might react or what he might do to her, she makes a decision to respond in gratitude, not knowing how God might actually use it. Not only does the Lord use it to save her people, watch this, David actually tells her that God used her to keep him from making a rash decision to avenge himself. But it doesn't stop there. It doesn't stop, this is not the end of the story. Nabal is throwing a party, actually a rager, and the next morning, Abigail tells him what almost happened, and he has a heart attack and he dies right on the spot. And then, and, then, and then David marries Abigail. So because of her obedience and willingness to act out of gratitude, not only did she save her people, but God multiplied all of it. Stop waiting for this gratitude thing to make perfect sense. Stop waiting to see the entire story before you make the, ch the choice to be grateful. Decide to be thankful in the middle of your confusion. Decide to praise him when you don't know the way that the story ends just yet. Act out of gratitude even when you don't feel like it. And I'm 
preaching to the choir. I'm, this, is, this, is a, this is a talk for me today, all right? I encourage you in that. Number one, gratitude is not a feeling. Gratitude is a choice. You can make a conscious choice to be a thankful person. Number two, gratitude to God should always result in generosity to others. And that last one, gratitude is more about our obedience than our understanding. It is, isn't that kind of the main theme of what it looks like to follow Jesus, to trust him, to allow him to guide you, not knowing what the end of the trail, the end of the path, what the end of the journey looks like. I know it's scary. It, doesn't, it, it almost feels unnatural, but this is, this is how the kingdom works. And I'm telling you, in my own life, it has played out. I'm telling you, it has worked out for me and so many of you who are watching right now. This is a simple reminder, but there's a lot of you. This is, this is a new idea. And so right now, I just want to take a minute and pray for you right now. Wherever you're watching from, maybe you're with your family around a, around a table. This is a happy time for you. This, is a, this, is, this, this gathering is, is part of who you are as a believer. This is meaningful for you. And this content that I just gave you is stuff you've heard before, but it, it resonated yet again to keep on keeping on. Maybe you're... Uh, sitting somewhere and you're maybe perhaps you're in your apartment or your home and and you're alone and maybe maybe you're watching and you, and this is like totally brand new to you maybe you're a person who's um, you know lived a life of ungratefulness you're a person that battles with just being thankful for stuff that we take for granted I, I don't know where you're at but here's what I, I do want you to know is that you can today choose to step into a life of gratitude and thanksgiving. Come on, let me just pray for you right now. I want you to know how much I appreciate you spending some time with me today. I want you to know that the Pacific Coast Church team, man, we're praying for you. In fact, we gather um, on Facebook live on Wednesdays at noon every week. We just started this where we pray together. So make sure if you have a need, send it to us through our website, or if you're at our uh, in-person gatherings, we have an opportunity to fill those cards out and let us know how we can be praying for you. We, we, want, we want to do life together. It's so important. But let me just pray right now as we're in this month of November, as we're talking about gratitude. God, I thank you today for my friends watching right now. I just pray for each and every one of them. God, I bless them in Jesus' name. God, I pray for the person who's hurting today that's dealing with something feels overwhelming in their life and, and and that and that box checks in the areas of finances and health and relationships addiction all of the different things that we as humans encounter and struggle with at times lord i pray for my friend who, who there's something right now that's just it's just pending i mean it, it is so um it's 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 the biggest thing in their world right now and they feel overwhelmed by it god i pray in jesus name that you would heal them of that. If it's an answer that needs to be provided, if it's guidance, if it's, if it's breakthrough, whatever it is, let it be so in Jesus' name. Now I just want to pray for those of you watching. As we're in this month of November, the country's gearing up for Thanksgiving. Just the word right there gets us thinking about it. Maybe you're watching, you say, Pastor Jay, I pray for me. This is an area of my life. Um, I've taken a lot of things for granted. Uh, there, there's things that I complain about that really aren't that big of a deal. Would you just pray for me? And by the way, you pray for me too, because I'm not 
I'm not killing it in this area too. We're all human. But maybe you say, Jay, pray for me because I, you know, I really, I, I want to be known as a person who's grateful for what they have. And out of that heart of thanksgiving, out of that heart of gr- uh, gratitude, literally it manifests in ways of generosity to others. Like I want to be known as a person who serves others, who's willing to extend a hand when others aren't. Let me just pray for you. And you that, that's at the end of this thing on the tombstone, like, uh, you know, at, 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 the, at the funeral, man, if I could have a couple people say, yeah, he, he was a guy that loved people and served up, man, I, 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 <laughs> I won, right? I want that for you too. Lord, I just pray for my friend right now. God, as, they, as I pray for them, they're praying for me. God, we want to be people known for our gratitude, for everything that you've done for us, for what others have done for us, and then see it played out by us being known for serving others. That's the, that's the ultimate, ultimate for a Jesus follower. So Lord, I pray for every friend watching that they would pursue this. It's a choice. It's not a feeling. <laughs> it's a decision we make, and we can all start today. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. I want to thank every one of you for tuning in today, for watching. Love you so much. If you're able, if you're able to meet at one of our in-person gatherings on Sunday, we would just absolutely love to have you. Great worship, prayer, stuff for the kids, a beautiful, diverse body of believers that really make up what Pierce County looks like. So we'd love to have you. God bless you. We'll see you soon. Man, so good. Gratitude really does change everything. Amen. Uh, If you need prayer today, please don't hesitate to reach out. We want to connect with you. We want to pray for you and with you. Text the word Pacific to 84576 and we will get your contact info and reach out this week. Also, you can just submit prayer requests there or do that digitally online um, via the connect card there at pacificcoast.church. Also, I want to remind you, there's so many ways to give. Texting the word donation to 84576. Mailing your checks in to P.O. Box 66026, Tacoma, Washington, 98467. Or giving online, setting up that reoccurring giving. Friends, we are looking at so many possibilities. And your giving really makes that happen. Not only is it the tithing of the 12% of everything that comes in to all those organizations that we've talked about. You can check those out online. But also looking ahead, having um, an in-person gathering for women's Bible study, being able to gather midweek. There's so many different possibilities and we can't even consider them without your giving. So we just want to thank you. Thank you for your faithfulness to the Lord and what he's speaking to you. And as always, we have questions questions for you, hopefully to unpack in your small groups, um, but also to journal, maybe allow the Lord to, you know, to speak to you further as you chew on this word. So get your phones ready, screenshot it, or take a picture of the screen, or uh, they'll be in the comments below. Question number one, what are two habits that you can put into place to help remind yourself that gratitude isn't about how we feel, but it is always a choice? How can we encourage ourselves to make that choice to be grateful daily? So good. Number two, how does gratitude result in generosity to others? Why does this matter? Number three, 
What does it mean to be grateful, even in situations that we don't fully understand? How can we possibly do that? Okay, it's so, so good. I'm excited to hear what the Lord is doing through this series. We love getting your praise reports. We love getting to pray with you for the prayer requests that you submit. And we love gathering with you. If you're able to next week and feel comfortable, we'd love for you to join with us at Mount Tahoma High School, 10 a.m. It is a powerful time. Worship is always on point. We love getting to pray with people in person after. And I got to tell you, as much as I love when Pastor JF preaches on here, in person just feels mm, that much different. So I just want to encourage you, if you're comfortable, we would love for you to come out. Kids Church is always a blast as well. Friends, make it an amazing week. Practice this gratitude thing. I promise you, it really does change everything. We'll see you next Sunday.